0: Greetings and welcome to Bombadil's porch. I'm Caleb Klotz, together with Chris Martin. We are missing our third, third wheel, third dad, third, dad. third Christian dad. We are two Christian dads. Uh, Nate is out of town, and uh, and so uh, heading out of town, I guess today. Uh, I was out of town last week. They recorded without me. Yes, we did, and uh, and Not that's the same. good. Well, you know, it never is. But we uh, we uh, we have fallen. Oh, we yeah. have fallen, Chris. I think it's important. <laughs> Is this a
1: good thing to discuss before we hit record?
0: Well, we've fallen in the charts, as it were. Oh, uh, yeah. A different kind of fallen. From from great heights. My uh, my sister, who was on the porch a while back, um, actually March uh, 17th, uh, if you want to listen to that episode. Yes. Anyway, uh, she let me know that uh, that our podcast this last week was uh, rated 183 in the top 200 in uh in Christianity yeah. podcasts. We can just stop there. And we'll stop <laughs> there. Uh, no, in Senegal. In Senegal. <laughs> in so, Senegal.
1: <laughs> and, uh, yes. and
0: I said, yeah, we're trending in Ooh. Senegal. And she goes, well, how about trending anywhere? So anyway. <laughs> but, uh, sh- yeah. Uh, that ca- wait, how are you trending? Shout out to our
1: listeners. If in, you're uh, 180 plus out of 200, how does that count yeah, as I'm trending? Yeah, I'm not sure it's trending. Okay. I, okay.
0: So maybe not trending. I, I, gotcha. I, but but we were on the charts. Unless we're ch- in the top 200 <laughs> charts in Senegal for Christianity. Gotcha.
1: I was going to say, it's, that's trending the same way you, like a rock thrown off of a mountainside is trending. Well, here's the bad news is that I, we would be, we she actually, the the thing
0: she sent me showed that we were up 10 points from 193. Yes. The problem is, is that at one point we were actually at, uh, back in March, actually, or May, in May, we were at 146. And so we're actually, wow. we're falling. And, and today we're actually down. It does seem like maybe it trends a little bit based on when we release podcasts. I'm not sure who's listening to our podcast in Senegal. If anybody...
1: But if somebody is, it'd be great to know that. That seems like you're at that level. You're probably in the misclick category. What? Especially given our kind of like, local. Oh, what's that? Uh, Wait, what? No. Well, anyway, Chartable has us uh, listed. Um, what's that? Does it does it list your average listen time? I, it, average I don't, I don't see any episode anything. listen time like two seconds.
0: It seems like I might have to pay if I want more information. I'm not sure. <laughs> but but <laughs> okay. for free, I can tell that we are currently, as of uh, June 28th, which would have been two days ago, at 5 p.m., we had fallen to rank 195. Okay. So, not looking hopeful for us staying on the charts. But uh, nope. Uh, and, you know, interestingly enough, we're not really interested in being on the charts. Um, we're thankful for those who are listening
1: and if there are any in Senegal, thanks. Yeah. And maybe you can shoot us a line and let us know what would you do on the porch over in Senegal? Yeah. Hanging out with your friends. Yeah. Talking about what's going on in the world. So (laughs) that's what I had for
0: us today was basically that. And the fact that I got a CPAP machine, finally, they're kind of been a little bit in high demand. It sounds like, do you feel like Darth Vader or a fighter pilot? Yeah, not really. I got one of those ones with little nasal cloud pillows or whatever they call oh, okay. them, so it's not like the full-on... Nasal those guys cloud doing the, uh... pillow.
1: Ooh, that sounds...
0: Yeah. Mm, it sounds comfortable. It's not really as comfortable as it sounds, and it Does is weird. Does feel like a balloon? Well, it wasn't as bad as I thought, A, and it was also weird, <laughs> <laughs> having constant positive pressure in your airway, CPAP, constant positive... Constant positive airway pressure.
1: I think that's what it is. Anyway. Um, so, you, so what you're saying is you really do not want to turn that machine on backwards.
0: Okay, you don't want negative pressure, that's <laughs> for sure. <laughs> so, that's. Well, the, the crazy thing was because I don't have the mask that goes over my whole you know, nose and mouth, that if I open my mouth, the air starts blowing out because it's, <laughs> <so> it's like, <laughs> you know, so oh, you can't man. open your mouth. He's like, you got to try and keep your mouth closed all the time. So you can't talk either, because the moment you open your mouth, air is just blowing out of your mouth. a <laughs> kind of oh. so really, it's a really odd. Does it's really like a odd. very odd sensation. Um, so yeah, you know, but the good news is hopefully this will help me get more rest and I won't be falling asleep on the porch with you and Nate. And he'll be even more hyper. Yeah, maybe I'll have more chipperness. I will say I don't feel it yet today. And my sleep app didn't show an exorbitant, you know, much better sleep than I've had historically. And part of that is because, you know, you're wearing a new thing and trying to get used to it and Mm -hmm. figure it out. So I'm hoping, hopeful that it will help me get the rest that
1: uh, I ought to be getting. You'll be bouncing into the office any day now.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, I do bounce in anyway, but it's much (laughs) earlier in the morning than this. That is true. That's the problem. So I know we had a number of things to talk about, yeah. And I don't remember <laughs> where we were going to go from here. Where would you but, like to go first? Hosting. No, uh, no. Well, we're hosting no, together. You have
1: to lead. We're co-hosts today. You, you're co-hosting. Uh, you opened, so you you set the agenda. So I opened, and I uh, yep. set a couple things. Yep. that so was an introduction. What are, what are we talking about first, Caleb? This is a. What are we talking about first? Yep. Well, I'll
0: talk about something. I, we were away last yeah. week, and so we'll go there because I was uh, on vacation. Mm-hmm. Kind of the first time we've taken. That length of a a vacation in a long time. I don't think it was technically I think nine, ten days. Ten days. Okay. I did come back for this one Sunday in between just to be here. Um but uh yeah, it was it was really relaxing. No agenda on the lake, which was nice. Diamond Lake, if you've ever been to Diamond (laughs) Lake,
1: which is also known as A Lake. It is a lake. Unless you're going on vacation, in which case if you're in Spokane, it becomes the lake. While you're there,
0: <laughs> well, while you're there, it is. There's that's, lots of that's lakes because yes. we have lots of
1: lakes here. But nobody in Spokane goes to a lake. No, they all go to the lake. The lake. You do go to the lake. That
0: is true. Where were you at the lake? Yep. Which lake? Uh, then there's lots of lakes. Yes, exactly. So yeah, Diamond Lake um, was. It was nice. Uh, the water was was clear. You yeah, know we. Uh, when we would come home, my parents, when they would come back on on furlough from the mission fields, we would uh, live in my grandparents' lake cabin that was not oh, nice. on Silver Lake, but it was like across the street from Silver Lake. So, And there was like this rock. And I think for a while, this kind of dilapidated dock that we had kind of access to. But I will tell you what, uh, Diamond Lake definitely clearer and uh, and nicer than swimming in uh, in Silver Lake, at least at the part where we used to swim. Um, but yeah, it was nice. It was nice. It was a little cool. Kids were able to get out and uh, and swim uh, as they wanted to, much earlier during the day and cooler than I would have appreciated.
1: <laughs> um,
0: also, one of the most uh, heavily stocked uh, for as far as fish are as concerned oh, really? lakes in uh, in Washington. Actually, several places I read said it's the most heavily stocked. Wow! Based on like okay. on its size, and we caught nothing. <laughs> I mean, poles in the water every day, nothing. Couple of nibbles, couple of bites, lost a worm, you know that sort of thing. Um, and it wasn't because there were tons of weeds. I think it was more because we were on the shallow end, shallower kind of a okay. end of the lake,
1: and it was you know. Anyway, so the only fish that still survived out at that end were. Experienced, clever fish. And
0: I do think it was partly because, you know, we were on vacation and so I was not really eager to get up early enough to probably get the early morning Uh, fish that would have been there. We tried kind of late in the evening to cast, you know, after it got dark, but they weren't really looking to eat, I don't think, at that point. So anyway, alas, but I did read a book. I read a book by by David Murray, took an opportunity to read um, his book, Reset. Are you sure you're familiar with David Murray at all? Not no. much. Yeah, I think he's Presbyterian, maybe. Um, anyway, Midwest. Um, He's—I uh, know he's helped a lot of pastors work through um, just uh, almost burnouts and you know the, that sort of thing, uh, breakdowns and stuff. <laughs> so, so this was a, a lot about that. It was about uh, about a good book, uh, but about um, the way we can often create bad habits, really, that lead us to, to burnout. Um, especially guys in ministry, but but Christian men. It was geared toward Christian men in general, but then especially those in ministry. But just talking about some of the things that we we tend to do that are unhealthy, uh, and so I I appreciate that he's he's yeah he does a good job of mm-hmm. of balancing the the reality that you know many of us you know we believe that you know Jesus and God Jesus as Creator you know yes he's created us he's created us in his image and you know oh we live for his glory and then most of us live like evolutionists where we don't, (laughs) we don't, we don't honor what the creator has created and treat it well. And so a lot of, a lot of really good stuff, Uh, you know, he he talks a lot about, uh, about uh, sleep and, uh, and diet and exercise, but then also about, um, about just um, pacing ourselves well in ministry. Um, I think that's, that's a part of it. And so, um, you know, yeah. Anyway, it's just a, a good book. Um, talks about relationships and just anyway. I don't know what would be a, a
1: takeaway that you would have from that book that uh, might be something that you would build into your sons, might be something that you would shape your future ministry by. Yeah, I th- I think.
0: So this is a little bit older me talking than my mm-hmm. you know, than my younger self. Uh, for ministry, especially you know going out on the mission field and stuff, it was you know it was and I would still I would still say this um so <laughs> okay. it's it's okay to be tired for the right reasons right and yeah. so it's okay to be tired for the sake of the gospel mm-hmm. and and I and I would still say that but I would also um add that we need to um that we need to uh basic, basically uh let me uh, David Murray uses the verse um that we're going to get to in 1st Corinthians as a church but mm-hmm. uh 1st Corinthians 9 uh, 24 how uh, do you know that, do you not know that those that run in a race all run, but only one receives the prize, but run in such a way that you may win. Mm-hmm. And he basically talks about, you know, the idea is, is still that we get, you know, that we run the race to, to his completion, whatever God has for us. And we believe God's sovereign. He, mm-hmm. We believe in, in providence. We know that he has a plan for our life. We know that our days are numbered, but, uh, but many of us don't live with, Um, a marathon in view, in other words, that our life is, I know our life is short and it's fleeting and it's but a moment, but, but, but it also is, is a lifetime. It is, you know, there is
1: that a lot of Christian dwarfs. Is that what you're saying? Well, there's a lot of questions. Very dangerous over short distances. Yes. Yes. (laughs) But wasted on all this cross country.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. So. Yes. So, uh, you know, we have a tendency to, to not live like that to not, not worry about uh, exercise and diet, especially in, in, mm-hmm. I think in, in pastoral ministry, um, you know, you're, you're behind a desk a lot. We're studying a lot. Um, the idea is that we're, that we're studying and we, we, we have a knowledge of God's word and we're able to, to, to bring the, the God's word to bear on God's people and the truth right. from God's word. And, and that's important. Um, but often what gets neglected then is, is family. I mean, some, for some guys it's family and relationships. Um, some, some guys it's, uh, you know, it's our, it's their health. I mean, there are guys that, you know, go home and run or work out, but they don't spend time with their family. There are guys that, you know, um, you know, just the things that we eat, the things that we, that we spend our time on and, uh, and learning how to rest, you know, is a part of that. And so. So we need to begin pacing for for a younger me, you know. Begin pacing yourself uh, a little bit better. Be concerned with your health and and those sorts of things. You know, yes, yes, we're all going to die, and we're all going to die of something, Uh, right? But uh, but eating cheeseburgers may or may not be for his glory, and so we just need to kind of you know decide what that looks like. Having just come from lunch with a chicken sandwich (laughs) and fries and coleslaw, yeah, we did have coleslaw. And mac and cheese. Uh, so, yes, I did. Well, me too. So that's the <laughs> problem. But, uh, but yeah, I think just uh, I just say that uh, I think I think there's an importance for that ministry. I, I, we were talking about that earlier. You know, there's there's guys that burn out because they feel like they there's guys that are legitimately just just doing too much. Uh, we were talking about that example uh, a minute ago when we were kind of what was that uh, um, example of a pastor in a church. What was that you were just sharing yeah. with me? I can't remember uh, what that was. He, was they, they, he sat down. Somebody sat down with the board of oh, elders and yes. what were your expectations <laughs> of your
1: pastor? and then. Right. They listed, listed them all out. And then he said, okay, how many hours a day do you expect your pastor to be doing these things? And they gave their recommendations. And then when he added it all up, it was, I remember correctly, 27 hours out of the 24-hour day, they expected him to be busy doing these ministry things, not counting eating or sleeping.
0: Yeah. And so there can be those expectations of pastoral ministry. I think there are sometimes not expectations from the from the church that that pastors can also just have on themselves or guys in ministry yeah. where where you you feel like you have to be, you know, uh, the one who does everything or the savior or, or whatever you know, right? Um, which we cannot be, and we are finite creatures, you know. Um, and so remembering some of those things, even looking at Jesus' ministry, we have to look at His ministry and realize that yes, He was limited as a human being, um, but even in his even in his uh, humanity <laughs> he was he was not you know he was not affected in the same way that that many of us are. Um in some ways he was but uh but he didn't have he did have limitations. But anyway, I don't know where I was going right. with all that. But but just remembering you know remembering some of those things. There's also guys that are just busy and not doing anything, right? And, and we were talking about that, you know yeah. um so re- revving your engine in, in neutral just sitting and and you know, acting very busy, but but actually not getting anything done. And there can actually be a state I think where you get overwhelmed, where you are busy and not and not getting anything done. And there's a time sometimes where you need to go. Wait a minute, I need to regroup, rethink, refocus, figure out. You know what is my lane? I mean, thankfully we're in a church uh, setting here, you and I. That there's multiple uh, of us on staff, and we have different roles and responsibilities, and so we share. We still all share the weight of many things, but we also have our, kind of our specific things to do. And so many hands make it a little bit easier than some guys <laughs> yeah. who are going it alone in, in smaller churches. Um,
1: so, the t- yeah, the teams that I think we get to enjoy here at the church are just a huge, a huge blessing. Yeah. Um, without that, a lot of things come crashing down very quickly. They do. So. And that, that is a difficult balance uh, to, to strike in life. And it's a difficult, yeah, it's, it's an area I have not always done well because I, I do tend to be bursty. Mm-hmm. I, I like to mad dash and then uh, pant and catch my breath and then mad dash. Sure. And, um, that's why God put me with uh, an amazing woman who is very good at putting one foot in front of the other over and over mm-hmm. and over. And uh, and yeah, that's that saved my bacon <laughs> so yeah. many times. It's interesting how many times when you're feeling busy and you're feeling overwhelmed, when you actually stop and look at what's going on, um, for me at least, how many times a big part of the issue is just difficult, difficult choices that need to be made that you're reluctant to make. And therefore a lot of energy is being expended thinking, analyzing, stalling, and then maintaining this broken thing that needs a decision to be made Mm -hmm. instead of just doing it and then working through the the challenges that choice will bring. Mm Um, it's also amazing how many times the solution is, um, Start doing, I mean it feels counterintuitive, kind of but you need to start doing the spiritual disciplines that actually feed the soul mm-hmm. and add those. Um there's a lot of things in life that use up more time than we think they do. Sure. And so it's interesting how many hours can be spent um decompressing, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, yeah. whatever we want to call it, uh with things that we're hoping will refresh us and restore us and do in part, mm-hmm. but take a lot longer and are way less efficient than actually just the common means of grace that God has supplied. Mm -hmm. And so there's rarely been a time in my life when I was taking care of what I needed to take care of and being proactive and being responsible and doing the common means of grace that God has provided and not discovered that there's a surprising amount of bandwidth still left over Mm -hmm. to do what God is putting in front of you, because then he brings along the resources that are needed to do that. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's in the form of a team of people that sure. God brings alongside. I, I in, in our youth ministry, it's amazing how much of the work is shouldered by, by the, the volunteer staff mm-hmm. in our youth ministry, you know, that, and they do such an amazing job. Of, I mean, clearly demonstrably a better job than I could in so many categories. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm very thankful for that. And, uh, that's what has enabled me to be involved in other areas of ministry as well. Um, uh, so that, yeah, trying to strike that balance because on the, f- the other side of it, it, I've been at times frustrated by our cultures. Seems like a growing sense in our culture that it, uh, if you're feeling the burn, stop, something's wrong, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, sure. and it's, but, but maybe that's not a bad thing. Yeah. Uh, maybe yeah, we're and- supposed to work hard. <laughs>
0: yeah and I think um, so I mean, just back to, back to the the book, though, um, yeah, he, he does a good job in the first or second chapter, but just talking about the kind of the the warning lights on the dashboard, if you will, like yeah. these may be some of the, the things that you should start. And he said, you know, we're heart all going to, we're heart all gonna, attacks
1: and <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> well, hopefully before you get to hit a heart attack, <laughs> yeah. but he
0: talks about physical, emotional, you know, relational sure. warning signs, just things that even, you know, in ministry, you know, loss of joy, loss of, you know, some of those right. things in what you're doing. And these, you know, he said, you know, there's going to be times when, when these things happen that just out of nor- normal life, right? Life happens. Yeah. Um, but, but then there's also the things that when you start seeing multiples of these warning. Lights on your dashboard. Uh-oh. It's probably time to, yeah. to at least pause for a second and go. Okay, wait a minute. What needs to be addressed? Does something need to be addressed? And to, and to, so I and, and, I. and one of those is your wife saying, "Honey, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, can we can we talk about priorities? Mm-hmm. Absolutely, yeah. And uh, and so anyway, it was just a, it was a it was was a good it was a good writer for me. I've mm-hmm. you know I've had a number of health issues. Uh, you know, not anything. You know. Have you had a heart attack yet? Haven't had a heart attack good um you know but but there you know my you know found out i had high blood pressure that i didn't know about part of it's that you know you turn 40 <laughs> and so you know
1: so i am not looking forward to next year yeah, you've sorry. told me so many sorry. times now hey you kiddo no you're, you'll probably be fine next year the tires yeah. are gonna fly off the axles i think it's 41 Smoke's actually gonna <laughs>
0: start billowing from under I think was, the hood. I think 40 was okay it was 41 that was the no but oh, good i've got two yeah, years yeah in. two years you're good still <laughs> so you know i hit that and you find out you know what high blood pressure what diabetes what like you know, all these things that are like, but you know, I I never had any issues with those. You know, I've I've always struggled with being a big guy and being overweight, and and I've known those are always been issues. But you know, all the other things that came along with it just were never never the reality for me <laughs> and until like, until you hit forty surprise! and then you realize oh, it turns out that. That I should have been more careful. Hmm. And so, so speaking from, uh, from those experiences hmm. and, and realizing, hey, I'm mean, now you CPAP, you know, just so I can get sleep, which is necessary. That's one of, the, one of the areas that, you know, we often don't sleep as much as we should. And most of us would be far more effective. Uh-huh. It was an interesting thought he brought up in the book that, uh, that really, um, that often as Christians, for our sake and the sake of our brothers and sisters in Christ, we often ought to probably get more sleep than we do.
1: So, so, Uh, because some of us are cranky
0: and some of us are are short-tempered and some of us are not seeing things clearly and we're frustrated and stressed out in ministry
1: because we're not resting like our bodies were designed to rest and we do need sleep. And you need to know yourself. Yes. And I learned that lesson the hard way, you know, earlier on in ministry, especially in seminary, because I was very proud and I did not want to be the guy who needs more sleep than anybody else around me. Uh and So... Yeah. So God put me with a roommate that slept one hour every night. (laughs) Oh my goodness. And he, he functioned fine. And he, wow. He had an amazing, amazing man of God who had just a great attitude. I never saw him have a bad day. And I was trying to get by on three hours and I made it a semester and my entire life just fell apart. I just, my health just cratered um, on every level, physical, spiritual. I mean, just, I was, I was a wreck because I Mm -hmm. was being proud and I was trying to, Deny uh, the limitations God had built me with. And so that was a difficult journey. It took several years to feel like um, my health recovered. Um, and, and that's one of the lessons I've learned is I can burn hard for short stints mm. when that's necessary. And there's going to be those times. And yep. sometimes those times are like, you have a baby. yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, And sometimes those times are, your kids are puking all night long, mm-hmm. you know? and so those stints are going to come, or things in ministry where this mm-hmm. just, just needs to get done. But to not have the the hubris to say I can push myself as hard as I want to without consequences, God's like that's just not who I made you. Maybe that's yeah. how I made that guy. And we all have probably those heroes that we have in our mind where they need three or four hours of sleep every night, and they write you know, books over breakfast and they, uh, yeah, you so know,
0: the, it's interesting. Many of the, many of them discover later they need more sleep. I mean, that's why, you know, anyway, yeah, you, there's you a few look things in nature, yeah. but they're few, they're few. And you know what, if God has wired them that way and yeah. given them the, uh, the gift of being able to have a little sleep and still do a lot for his kingdom, yeah, that's praise fantastic. God for
1: that. Yeah. Praise God for that. But, but uh, uh, to have the, it is an act of humility. And that was something I learned, um, from CJ Mahaney's book on humility, a little tiny mm-hmm. book. And it wasn't uh, like this massive theological tome, you know, because those are the books I prefer Mm -hmm. because you can, hmm, hmm, and then, you know, lose the details studying the big book and not have to apply anything. But his was very just a practical book. Mm. And one of the things he specifically called out was that uh, one sign of a lack of humility is an unwillingness to sleep. (laughs) And for where I was at Mm. that time in my life, I think that's why God made that book come across my path. It was for that one paragraph and it just nailed me. It's like, wow, I am being so proud about this.
0: Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's, that's, uh, there's also seasons. I mean, I, I remember getting no sleep and, you know, in Bible school and staying up late. I mean, part of it was, you know, I was out to midnight, which was curfew with Linda. And then I was back, you know, writing. Papers on, you know, the Holy Spirit or whatever mm. it was I had to write papers on. And my roommates were not exactly, didn't always provide the uh, most conducive study <laughs> environment. So we had, so we had, we had two rooms, right? One was our sleeping room and one was our like living slash whatever room. Because <laughs> it was a dorm Everything situation. Else, yeah. But so we had these two room uh, thing. And so, um, yeah they had decided black lights and uh were necessary, and a strobe light in our study room area our hangout slash room and uh also also our study room and so it was a bit uh, a bit of a challenge, so they'd replaced all the lights a with black lights light. and uh we had and a rope light that was like on a mm. on a moving thing the strobe light wasn't always on, but it was okay. sometimes on. And then we had, um, you know, music was always playing, and we had uh, – it was kind of a hangout on, the, on that dorm floor, like, where guys would come and hang out. Because one of the guys worked at Starbucks, and we had four coffee makers lined up on this table, <laughs> and we had a different coffee. Every night, we, we had all four going with a different kind of coffee in each one, right? None of them were decaf, Man. right? And so everybody's getting in a curfew at midnight, and then everybody's coming to hang out at the uh, at the, the cool uh, – yeah. And to, I'm, I'm trying to get my homework done because I also, I worked uh, a different shift than most people, and so I couldn't do my school jobs because we had, like, school jobs. It had to be, like, either early, early in the morning or after I got off work, and so that meant it was normally, like, morning uh, meal prep crew for the dining hall. So I'm having to get up and get down there, like, 5 a.m. to do, you know, prep work <laughs> for the kitchen, kitchen prep. So Nice. Yeah, it was, that was not so, but all that to say, you know, that was like, go to bed at three and get up at five, you know, or, or two or three and get up at five. So we, we've had to do Oof. those and God gave us strength to get through some of those. And I, I probably don't remember everything I should have remembered from those <laughs> days. It probably would have helped me to get more sleep, Yep, but I didn't. And, uh, and I survived, but that's shouldn't so listen, be the norm. Our children. <laughs>
1: yes. Listen, my children. Yeah. Just know, know how God made you. And submit yeah. to that. And that includes sometimes taking those seasons away um, to be with family, to reprioritize certain things. But yeah. then when it's time to get back to work, work until you're tired. I mean, that's, yeah. that's a good thing. Yeah. It's okay to be tired. We, you know, go, mm-hmm. when your head hits that below
0: at night. If you're like, Oh man, there's no way I can go to sleep and it's already late. Mm-hmm. Perhaps you have not done enough, yes. like, enough actual work during the day. <laughs> so you go to bed
1: joyless. If you go to bed anxious, Mm. Go to bed angry. Uh, that's sin. Mm. <laughs> so then, then something needs to happen. Yeah.
0: Which uh, you Good know we're discussion. talking about having kids, and mm. uh, and we've got a couple articles here. Yes. One on uh, not feeling adult enough, and another one on uh, on children on whether we should or should not have kids. Yeah. So uh, why don't you take us away with this uh, big think article here?
1: That you read and I did not. <laughs> yes. Uh, it was an interesting article uh, in Big Think. And this title was simply, Should I Have Kids? A Psychologist Explains How to Decide. Mm. And it was fascinating because the article is framed uh, from a very Darwinian and secular perspective. And it, it was just a reminder of the amazing impact of worldview on how you make decisions. And what your rubric is, you know, so I think as, as Christians, we would sit down and we would say, should I have kids? Well, what does God say, right? How how does he lay this out? But if you take that away, then where do you start? And in the case of this article, you start with Darwin, right? You start with Mm -hmm. the theory of evolution and he's asking, why would there? Why would there be a motivation to have children? What can explain the fact that one creature wants to make more? Hmm. And his explanation is, you know, a, a, a version of what uh, Dawkins and others might call a selfish gene. <laughs> yeah. know, it's a desire that has been selected for to reproduce, and so he mentions that there's going to be animals, you know, uh, evolutionarily speaking that are predisposed to have offspring and are not predisposed to have offspring. And you can guess which one natural selection would select for (laughs) It's Mm. the ones that have offspring. And then among those offspring, or excuse me, those animals that want to have offspring, you're going to have some that wanted to eat their kids. And some of them that didn't want to eat their kids and which ones there would have survived uh, well, the ones that said, "Let's take care of this little lumble, you know, little bumble of me." Uh, so those those are the reasons he says that explain why we would have a desire to have children. Is that uh, it? It was best for the propagation of the species to have kids and to care for them. Uh and that's that's interesting, uh, because it's just lame yeah (laughs) you know it's just lame why do i want to have children uh well because if i didn't i probably would have gone extinct by now why do i want to love my children well that turned out to be better than eating them for the propagation of the species Mm. what a what an odd moral decision tree you know yeah it's like the whole yeah
0: i love cats they taste like chicken you know (laughs) argument or whatever that sometimes people make
1: right yeah that's that's awful but then he goes into okay now that we've developed to the point where we can think about stuff um should we still want to have kids now that we're not just trying to propagate the species now that we're being self-reflective and he says uh well, that's a harder question to answer. He says, you know, that uh, this is Paul Bloom he's the particular psychologist consulted. He says, if you look at all these studies for couples with kids the number one source of fighting and argument is uh, not any of the other normal suspects, it's kids. That's, that's the number one source of negativity uh, among many couples. Hmm. And so if that is the case, why would you want to have them? And he offers the hypothetical. He says, if you ask people, why are you having kids that don't make you overall happier? The, the common rejoinder is because that's not why I have kids. I'm not having kids primarily just to make me happier. Well, then what is the reason you're having kids? And he, he suggests the primary reason is because it, it bestows a sense of meaning to life. Hmm. that one of one of the human needs that is most difficult to satisfy is the need for meaning and in a world without god objective meaning is very hard to come by mm-hmm. uh, you run into ecclesiastes over and over and over hmm. and one of the more enduring places that people still find a sense of meaning is in satisfying this evolutionary itch to have and raise an offspring uh, and so th- that's that's the, the bulk of the rest of the article. And he gets down to the end and simply says, hey, I know people that have kids that have a sense of meaning. I know people who don't have kids that have a sense of meaning in their lives. There's more than one route to meaning. But I do want to suggest that that's one reason, one argument. Forget about populating a universe. Forget about perpetuating the species. One argument in favor of having kids is that it scratches not just the itch of happiness, but it's part and parcel of a meaningful life. Mm. So a bit of a paraphrase there, but mm-hmm. that's, that's his conclusion. Uh, and, and I would be curious, um, you know, you have some experience in producing offspring. Uh, as as who me? Yeah, you're, you're ah. the resident expert on the topic. Among We're the two of us,
0: expert on the topic.
1: <laughs> I don't think <laughs> having of me. having produced two more offspring uh, in your family than I have. So, mm-hmm. um, how would you how would you try to engage with with this conversation? Um, what what would be the Christian sort of response to an argument like this, weighing the pros and cons of having children? If somebody no. came and said, should I have kids? How would you answer? Yes. Biblical mandate. Yeah,
0: Be fruitful and multiply. <laughs> <laughs> so,
1: yeah.
0: Isn't that why we have kids? Because it's, uh, it's biblically mandated? That is a big part of why we have a, kids. a part yes. of it.
1: Um, yeah. Part there's of some, there's some things that come first. Um,
0: yes. Well, there are things that come first. Yeah, I mean it's uh it is the way God has created us. I mean we believe in obviously in the Creator and uh and uh you know especially as as um we become attracted with those of the opposite or a person hopefully of the opposite sex.
1: <laughs> those. Not
0: those. Wait a second. Not not promoting polygamy here, but uh nope. anyway. And then uh uh it was interesting. I watched a video on somebody trying to defend polygamy, and it was an older lady. It mm. was very interesting. This last, uh, anyway, from a Christian uh, worldview. Oh no, no, no. no. Oh, okay, from a it was not like the old testament. No, no, it was argument. an older it was okay. an older Mormon lady uh, addressing women and trying to convince okay. them that why they should still embrace polygamy. Anyway, okay. I know that's a real weird aside. So, yep. <laughs> sorry about but that. That's why we
1: do this porch thing. <laughs> but,
0: um, I'm not I'm not proposing that. Well, that's um, good. I'm sure Linda so, will be glad yeah. to know. Oh, she knows already, don't worry. Uh, so, um, but anyway, uh yes. Um but yeah, you know, uh, marriage leaving cleaving, um, you know, uh, husband and his wife knowing each other intimately. Interestingly enough, there's a natural uh uh, occurrences that that happen and and uh, and children are a result of that often um, not always mm-hmm. but the general rule is that children are born out of that
1: first comes love then, then comes, comes marriage, marriage then, then comes, comes the, baby the baby in the baby, the baby carriage. carriage yeah yeah
0: and uh, and so and the Bible tells us that children are a blessing you know and 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 yeah. they are they are a blessing. Uh, It it, is amazing. Even while while you're raising them, they can be a blessing uh, at times. (laughs) Sometimes they're even more a blessing once they grow
1: up. True.
0: (laughs) 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 Oh, boy. To all of uh, Caleb's kids, some of you are becoming more of a
1: blessing (laughs) than others. Are are you encouraged (laughs) to know that some of you, maybe at some point before Uh, you leave the home, Will be considered a oh, blessing.
0: Oh no! Most of them have been a, a real joy and a real blessing. It's been it's a joy which, to which, watch which your ones children happened? grow. Um, well, they have been to varying degrees at different <laughs> times. There have been times okay. where
1: there are times. I didn't say most. A, most of them have been a blessing. They at all have been times. a blessing okay. at various times. There you go. All right. So you're all most of them loved. still have
0: time to become a you know yeah. to, to become blessings still. Uh, more I mean to of become blessing. more of a blessing, more, in even, in even different greater ways. blessings, greater blessings. Yes. Yeah. So, um, yeah, you gotta yeah. be careful of what I say when you always like put me in the
1: hot seat here.
0: And you know, the problem <laughs> is, see, is that if I
1: don't point it out that someone else is going to think it and then it just stands. At least one of my, my children, children is a faithful that.
0: listener yeah. is the
1: problem. Right. He will address things on this uh, porch with me. I want to make sure he doesn't call in next week crying because his father never loved him and never thought oh. he was a blessing. But now he can't do that because you've publicly declared all oh, your children oh, have yes. been blessings. They have, they have and been blessed. See, that's how the record stands now. I'm it just is. looking out for you.
0: It is. I appreciate for your help for helping me walk through that as I verbally processed whether or not my children were <laughs> all blessings.
1: <laughs> and you came to a good conclusion. There yeah. you go. So yeah, wonderful. Well,
0: the Bible tells me children are blessings. So I just right. I memorized the verse and I believe it to be true, even during the hard times. And now you can
1: even testify. <laughs> yep. Oh, <laughs> and there are some of those. boy. It is interesting how incredibly selfish this whole article is framed out yeah. to be. And that is one thing that jumped out at me is if you're going to take God out of the equation, then meaning becomes a selfish, mm-hmm. a selfish enterprise, right? I, I'm not, I am not assigned meaning. meaning I have to create meaning, right? It's mm-hmm. as a Christian, we understand that things that have meaning have meaning, not because I decide to make them meaningful, but because they have a connection to the purposes of the creator. Mm -hmm. Like that's where meaning is anchored and that. Yeah. Like value. Right. Exactly. Precisely. Mm -hmm. Uh, my, I am not a valuable thing, right? Uh, I, but the, there is a valuable God who made me, Mm -hmm. which means that my life has significance, not because of who I am, but because Every single character in the story that God is telling is there because he wants it to be, mm-hmm. and he's a good author, which means don't mess with his storyline. It's yeah. all where it's supposed to be. Major characters, mm-hmm. minor characters, doesn't matter. True. Uh, and that I think is a good perspective for parents to have and prospective parents. Should I have kids? It's a, it's a much more basic question than, um, you know, do you have an evolutionary itch? Do you think that that is something that you can ascribe meaning to? Are you willing to make a trade-off between greater personal happiness and a greater sense of long-term meaning? Like that's, that's just weird. Mm -hmm. Uh, Whereas for Christians, the answer is, uh, has God called you to a life of singleness in your service to him? No. Okay. Then do you desire to be married? (laughs) Yes. Great. Then the fruit of that marriage is likely to be children. Are you ready to accept those as a blessing and a gift from his hand? No, don't get married (laughs) (laughs) until your attitude improves, you know? That's right. And it really is in some ways as simple as that. Like, as Mm -hmm. you mentioned, that is the fruit of a marriage covenant Mm -hmm. and, and theologically where that fits in is just the way that God over and over perpetuates um, this pattern that where there is covenant commitment, there should be you know life is the is what is um, given issue. Mm. Um, that that's the result, and so whether that's from the the covenant, it's not. And I might be thinking of this carefully. There is a oneness to God. I don't know if you would call it a covenantal oneness. It's probably more just a an ontological or essential oneness. Mm. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. uh, I don't think he had to agree to get along with himself. Like he just is oneness. That's what he mm. is, and from that comes all all that exists Mm -hmm. That it gives way to life. You look at Christ in the church and what comes from that is life. And you look at a man and a wife and they are to picture both the life giving nature of God and the life giving nature of the gospel in -hmm. the life giving nature of their covenantal union. And that's where the meaning comes from. Yeah. Right. Not because I've, I I am compelled by my genes to feel a sense of meaning by allowing the species to continue so that it It's actually that
0: I don't feel a sense of meaning, so I have to do something (laughs) to make myself have a a sense of meaning. Yeah. I mean, ultimately, that's so sad. There's not even... It really is. There is no sense of meaning. I have to create it myself. I have to be the creator of my own purpose and meaning
1: and existence because what else am I here for? and the implications that from a christian worldview are so much bigger too mm-hmm. to know that this little child that has come into the world will never die mm. will never ever die uh, they are going to exist for an eternity and and that what a amazing thing to be entrusted mm. with with raising and shepherding and loving and and guiding an eternal soul mm. and yes that can be terrifying for a short <laughs> and for a short <laughs> window by for the way short window just
0: as as one who has has uh, older children that are are exiting that uh, right that time period, and our relationships have shifted to to uh, to more of that uh, mentor mentor coach. Yeah. Not even really coach anymore. I guess you're kind of coaching through high school, but you're you're kind of like, hey, I'm here for advice if you need it. Now, love you. Let <laughs>
1: that's me know. Hurt. I
0: have an opinion. See, I told but, you, <laughs> but you don't have to do so, what I
1: say. Yeah, that's tough. You know. Yeah. So. Yep. So, yeah. should I have kids? Uh, if you are married, yes, yeah. you should have kids. Do I have to have kids right this second? Well, that might be a longer conversation. Yeah. But should I have kids? Yes. Yeah. And if that is something that is a difficult concept to accept, if there is a fundamental, um, fundamental reaction against the concept of having children. Then we've, we've really misunderstood something. And there might mm-hmm. be a whole host of reasons for that. You know, you, you were raised in a situation where the raising of children was very painful, very difficult. And that's left you with a sour taste. But you, you cannot love marriage and pursue marriage mm-hmm. and despise children unless you fundamentally misunderstand who God is mm-hmm. and the nature of what a gift is, right? Sure. God doesn't give lame gifts. Doesn't some of his gifts require hard work. But they're good gifts. And, and and not to
0: say that, you know, God, that there are exceptions to it in, in the sense that sometimes God, God may give you the gift of a spouse and you may not be able to have children. He may not have that as yes. a gift for you. Right. Or perhaps you get married later in life and, you know, and uh, as an older couple, you know, the decision is made jointly to, to not— not have children for various reasons. I, I don't want to 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 right, us, that's to, to anybody who may be listening to think that we're not saying that that they're
1: not honoring God in some way. Um, no, um, yeah, because uh, a marriage that does not produce that fruit is not necessarily inferior or sinful. No, exactly. Uh, but a marriage that despises that gift, yes, that is a that is actually a sinful attitude. Yeah. Yeah. So. Thank you for clarifying. Well, yeah. yeah, I just, I would hate for somebody to listen
0: to and go, oh, man. Uh, yeah. But, you know, and, yeah. And, 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 and foolishness is not
1: a result of sin either, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I get another clarif- clarification there. Yes. Um, God and his providence, providences can do whatever he wants. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we need to be very careful. If we look at something he has said is meant to be a good thing mm-hmm. and we say, well, I wouldn't want that because I've decided it's a bad thing. Yeah. That would be not a good place to be. No. Yeah. Not any a good place. Any other thoughts or observations, comments for Mr. Bloom here on his... Uh, I mean, he's wrong, but <laughs> but it's because he's coming at it from a completely wrong perspective, yeah. right? And I think that's... He's consistent. I appreciate that. He is consistent. It, it felt like a an attempt to be fair-minded, uh, but it it is a, a good example of where even trying to be just fair-minded can lead you when your starting point is we crawled out of a puddle. Mm-hmm. There you go. There now you, you go. Know, should I have kids? Are you married? Do you love God? You should be very open to that. Yep. And excited about it. And there's ten kids represented between the two of us. Yep. And I don't think today any of us would send send them back.
0: Nope. <laughs> <laughs> no. No. Wouldn't trade any of them for the world. That's for there sure. You no. Definitely not. Maybe have more, but not not. (laughs)
1: enough. That might be something else to talk to Linda about.
0: (laughs) Well, we've mentioned on the porch before that, you know, I mean, we're not, we're not unopened to the idea of, you know, um, ever adopting or anything like that. So, those are, those are conversations, ongoing conversations to be had always. Um, Yeah. At at this point, having more children of our own, maybe, maybe less likely, (laughs)
1: but. uh, True story. Yep. All right. Well, so, then do you have a preference? We probably have time. Maybe tackle one of these yeah, two, either adulting, do or cope with being an adult or respond to an article or an argument that the Bible doesn't talk about abortion. Therefore it's not a biblical issue. Uh, I mean, your call. It's your my day. Call. It's
0: my day. You're the prince of the porch. I mean, to, to me, the, the topic on the left, uh, here, is one that's tackled often. I, I know maybe it's not tackled often for our listeners, so I'm not sure. I did. I thought the uh, I thought the uh, coping with not feeling adult enough <laughs> was interesting. Okay. And so I'd probably be more apt to lean well, that way. Not that the other one's not important because it right. is. Well, I'll give but, you a, but maybe the next next I'll week a we a could buy. tackle the other one. <laughs> maybe we could. You know, especially in light of. Uh, light of uh, the Supreme Court. The Dobbs you know, decision. Really. Yeah. That happened while I was on vacation. It was very interesting to me because, you know, we didn't have, uh, we didn't have internet up there and news other than like cell phone, but it was you mm-hmm. know, pretty limited. Um, <clears throat> and so, I didn't even hear right away what the, the Supreme Court had made a ruling. You know, it's kind of like we're on our own, little, uh, just our own little island up there. Probably kind of nice. It was nice. And then I'm like, oh, I wonder what's happening in the rest of the world in light of that. Did everything burn down in Spokane? What and am I supposed turns to worry about it didn't. today?
1: Oh, nothing, I guess. Yeah, I just, guess not. get back to being fine. Yeah, that's right. I'm
0: going <laughs> to so, worry about
1: whether or not hey. we're going
0: to eat dinner at seven or... <laughs> that's right. Four or whenever we want to.
1: Yeah. Do I have enough hey. charcoal for the barbecue? Exactly. There that sort go. of thing. Yeah. Well, then, do you feel... Caleb, yes, that you're adult enough. That I do you're not, not feel my age. age. What does that mean? Feeling like your age? What 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 are you supposed? What, what does feeling your age mean? Like how how are you I've I've supposed to that feel? I realized I'm so old. I mean, I
0: didn't realize
1: it. <laughs> and that was, "Oh man, I'm one of those old guys now."
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. I might you know I when I was my kids' age, I thought I was so old. I mean, people my age currently were so old. And I'm so young. So young still. <laughs> Do you ever feel your own age? I don't think anybody ever feels their own age. It's kind of like that, are you ever, ready? Right? I mean, we're talking about having kids. Are you yeah, ever ready right. to have kids? I mean, not really. Depends on, yeah. Depends yeah, I mean, on what you mean. Yeah, it depends on what you mean by that. Yeah. If you're not married, you're not ready. But Correct. <laughs> uh, if you haven't uh, figured that part out. Um, but, uh, yeah, anyway, sorry. Um, yeah, feeling uh, adult-
1: enough uh what is the general uh, thing here in the article i mean the heart Chris? of the article is about um expectations right and that for many people they're discovering today that they had expectations when they were young of what they expected to feel like when they hit certain age uh milestones and now as that generation hits those milestones uh they're they're panicking a bit at least some of them are going oh no I think I am still way too immature to be this old <laughs> essentially. Gotcha. And some of that is situational. He mentions that um, a, a big shift that's happening now is that 52% of young adults are living with their parents, hmm. which uh, breaks the the record that was last set during the great depression. Young adults being. Yeah. I There's an age range given here of 18 to 29. Okay. And so I'm assuming that's the same age. He doesn't. Break it out there, but he refers to that as the emerging adulthood or young adulthood category later. So I okay. I believe that's the same age bracket. Um, and so then, you know, then he goes on to say, you know, you just got to be a little bit nicer to yourself. Um, realize that life is fluid and that, you know, that you can't really have any expectation for what life is supposed to feel like because there is no normal. So it's going to be different for everybody. He talks about ways to help you feel better about yourself. Um, you can make a list of the accomplishments you thought you'd make by this age. Uh, make a separate list of your actual accomplishments and be generous to yourself. No achievement is too small. Uh, you know, maybe you thought you'd own a house, but have you paid rent for a couple of years? Good. That's, uh, that's an adult accomplishment. Make a list of what you want to accomplish in the next five to 10 years and don't care whether... You're going to actually do it. Just have those goals. Um, I think and we're not required enough
0: about. of our young, young people. Then I think this is, seems <laughs> like a by. It seems like a byproduct of. Oh, of, see, of, that's uh,
1: but now you're part of the problem. because the last point there is don't let other people pressure you. I'm going to pressure you. Uh, you're being influenced by outside sources. Yes. I am an outside source. Parents, you 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 are outside sources. Start (laughs) younger. So you need to work to identify the forces in your life. This is a quote that are making you feel inadequate based on your age and accomplishments, whether it's your family, your social media feeds, your friends or Bombadil's porch. Yes. Part of that last section wasn't in the original quote. That is true. It does say your feet, yeah. your friends. Um, so bottom line, lean into yourself and be more self-compassionate. Things will happen as they should organically. There's no reason to feel defensive because life is full of surprises and things are always shifting. Uh, All right. Now that you oh, have uh, <laughs> dealt with your indigestion over Uh-oh. there, yeah. you, you seem ready to go. Fire away. Yeah. I Come on. <laughs> come on, people. Sometimes that's the best response. I mean, we're speaking <laughs> about having kids.
0: You got to raise them too. I mean, yep. There's, you know, set some expectations. Um, you know, I, I appreciate in our children's, not children, in our, in our in our youth ministry. That hmm. even as they're transitioning into middle school, <laughs> you know the 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 dialogue is, you guys are becoming young adults, and then even in our high school, there, you guys are young adults. Um, right? You know, not. Oh well, we'll see when you guys get to you know. There's so much of this talk about why well, your brain doesn't even fully develop until you're
1: 26 or all this kind of stuff. It's <laughs> like, so can you stay at home and play video games in your mom's basement until then. What? <laughs> Would that instead be an, artic- an argument for developing your brain? <laughs> you know.
0: Yeah, and I think the expectations that you know our, our our young adults have maybe expectations of things because everything's been handed to them. Or they think that everything's been handed to their parents. Um, and and yeah. that's the the idea, the expectation is, well, I, I'm just going to be given these things. And part of that's because we've just given them things all the way along, you know? Uh, we've not required them to uh, to earn things or to mm-hmm. to actually do things and see the fruit of their labor um,
1: happening. Or at least build the worldview about, around where those things come from. You yeah. Because there are definitely people I've seen, families where the parents have been very generous with their children and that's just spoiled them to death. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, those children have never learned, um, how to strive for anything. I've also seen families where the parents are very generous with the children, you know, I bought mm-hmm. you your first car and it's a nice one. You know, we're yeah. floating all the funds for your schooling. We're doing all these things, um, as a way of passing a blessing and a privilege along to their children mm-hmm that they had worked towards, but they've inculcated into those children the, a, a sense of character, a sense of humility, a sense of hard work mm. so that the children are receiving those blessings with a spirit of gratitude and understanding a, a sense of responsibility that I need to then make much of the much I've been given so that mm-hmm. I can then be a blessing and, and try to amplify this, this blessing even further for the next generation. And they're already looking in that direction. Mm. So that that can be done. Sure. But this idea of uh, an entitled generation that you're speaking of, I think that's very accurate in many, in many cases.
0: Well, I think for a lot of our young people coming out of, you know, the last few years, especially when, uh, you know, when government did all sorts of weird things, aside from <laughs> forcing everybody to be at home and then telling all of our children who didn't go to school for two years that they were doing just fine and they're good enough. Um, you know, and then just passing them on through the grades. Do you know even how though, mad
1: that generation is going to be in a few more years? Because this government is pampering millennials, oh, yeah. my generation, right? Yeah. And that's what they're doing because we are whiny. <clears throat> sure, and and then they're they're pretending but, that your kids are going to be fine if we take care of them. Yeah, those kids are not going to be happy when they realize how much they've been uh, robbed. Well, yeah, robbed, and uh, and and also just set back. Yeah, I mean, I think that's uh, part of it being wrong. Yeah, well, that is, yeah, it is how they're <laughs> yeah. wrong. But,
0: but uh, just uh, there's an expectation also that's been set of. Um, you know, oh, don't worry. The government's going to take care of it all. Um, there was all the pandemic. Like, they sent out all this, uh, the free lunches all over this town for the kids for school, which don't get me wrong. I understand that people depend on those things. There are legitimately kids who depend on, on school for food and for place, even for shelter from home <clears throat> sometimes.
1: Sadly, and in more our culture, here, even in Spokane, than we might like to think. Yeah, more than the more than we we may be aware
0: of in Spokane, in Spokane Valley. Um, uh, more than most are likely aware of. Um, but, but also then you know the overarching principles and the sending out of you know food EBT cards to everybody who's, in a public school and things like that. You know, just. Anyway, it's just this idea that in the kids' names too, right? Not it wasn't sent to the parents to use judiciously as they desired. It was sent to the children. Um, you know, here, here's you know, here's a card with money on it. Go buy yourself food. What do you think kids are going to do with that? Be responsible, of <laughs> so course. So much Mountain Dew. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure that that the stores were selling Mountain Dew and candy bars. Like, there's no tomorrow. Um, so anyway, but yeah, I don't know. I'm getting off, getting <laughs> off a little bit, but. But yeah, I think I think we just need to we need to build some sense of responsibility into our kids. Yes, there's going to be times where adulting is going to be hard. Just mm-hmm. that term, adulting, is is recent. I think to the millennial generation. Anyway, I don't think we talked about adulting before that. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> which is yep. called growing up. <laughs> Suck it up, Buttercup. Pay <laughs> yeah. your rent. Right. Um, but uh,
1: but yeah, um, yeah, and. and- I do believe that there are objective metrics that establish the normal pattern of, of assuming adulthood that need to be celebrated. Um, there's a point at which especially young men rightly need to assume some level of independence. Yeah. That doesn't even necessarily mean that they have moved out of the home. Right. Right. But why are you there? Right. Mm -hmm. And if you're there because you just want mommy to cook for you and you want her to do your laundry and you don't want to pay rent and you don't want to fill in the blank. And in particular, Because you don't want to take on the responsibility of establishing a place where you can find a wife and establish a home Mm. and you're just content to have all your needs met by by somebody else and just float for an indefinite period of time. I mean, that that's where you do need to say. Here's some external pressures in your life encouraging you to, -hmm. (laughs) you know, that, no, you you are, that is an inadequate form of adulthood. Mm -hmm. If you're there in the home, because that's a way that you can express a God honoring leadership as a, as a man, maybe you're caring for your parents. Maybe Mm -hmm. there are other economic aims that you are pursuing and that's, and that is reasonable for a season, but you should no longer at the point at which you consider yourself an adult, you should no longer be considering yourself a dependent Right, Fair. and so if you are still economically dependent upon your parents, if uh, you aren't establishing some of those um, those boundaries where I'm now taking direct responsibility mm-hmm. for the course of my life and for its maintenance, um, that's a problem. And and I think we should encourage our children be ready for that transition and celebrate God. that transition. If uh, you're you're looking around and you're saying, you know, well, I still you know, I still have my, my little pony curtains and I still got Mm -hmm. this and that. And I'm, you know, 43 and, you know, I'm tempted to feel like maybe I, I'm not as adult as I should be. Well, yeah, Mm -hmm. maybe. Right. You know, that Paul writes about, there's a point in time when he put aside childish things. Yeah. And, and that's, that's an important part of growing up, not to despise childish things because they're for a season. Sure. And we want to celebrate those things in the right season in the lives of our mm-hmm. children too, um, but that's not where you want to remain because to to hang on to childish things is then not to be able to assume the grown-up counterparts to those things mm-hmm. that are better sure right. Childishness doesn't give away to the inferior, it gives away to the superior mm. once you have been equipped and trained to be responsible with it mm-. In the same way that a, a grown-up carpenter, a master carpenter who still has his little little tykes, uh, plastic hammer and big fat plastic screwdriver, and he's kind of tapping away in the garage. That's not cute anymore when that's how he's trying to meet his family's needs, right? Mm-hmm. You need a sharp saw. You yeah. need a good set of screwdrivers and saw, you know, you, you need all the tools that, that can hurt you, but can actually do professional adult work. Because you've now achieved the level of, of hand coordination, maturity, and skill to operate them, so I do. I do think there needs to be positive, constant. Mm-hmm. What was it constant positive pressure? Adult pressure. Yeah. Uh, there C- we go. CPAP. Yeah, CPAP. Constant
0: positive, positive adult, adult pressure. pressure.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: and to give our sense, our kids a sense that they're, that they're growing up. Uh, you know, I know you've, you've yeah. explored some of these things. I know. Like for, uh, for Michaela, um, I mean, for Aiden, we were, lived at the furniture store. He started working, you know, right. early, early on in the furniture store. For he did. For Michaela, you know, when she was doing some stuff at, at U High, you know, I was roasting a lot of coffee. And so she began to, to, to sell kind of coffee. You know, she'd buy it from me. And I, you know, I'd say, well, you, you know, we sell for this amount. This is how much I need to make to cover the cost of, of the bag and the coffee beans and the mm-hmm. whatever. And you can pocket the, the rest that you make basically. And just, I kind of started doing that with, uh, with hot sauce for me. And now we're, uh, we got a new batch of, of, of chickens, uh, of, of, uh, <laughs> of hens. Um, what do you call them? Uh, laying hens. Um, anyway, um, and they're going to, they're going to be laying soon. I hope uh, in the next month or two, Um, uh, we kind of started over with our flock and, uh, Pullets—that's what you call them, anyway. So, uh, so, and, and our goal is, you know, Linda and then I said, well, this time, you know, why don't we, why don't we um, have Lizzie be, you know, a little more responsible as they get a little bit older, but then also let her take the excess eggs that we don't need. And let her try to to sell those and keep the profit, right? And so, right. you know, two, three bucks a dozen, whatever it's going to be for for our fresh eggs. And, and so anyway, but just, just, just providing them those opportunities to be able to be involved, to apply themselves in something that can also put a little bit of money in their pocket. But then also as they begin to get jobs and make money to To then hold them responsible to do certain things with that or to cover the cost of certain things with that. right? And I think that's where sometimes we also drop the ball, you know. So, yeah, okay, good job, you know, just as out there making money and uh, working on Wendy's, and that's great, but you're going to have to be responsible for some of these things, you know. Right. Guess what? Your car is going to need new tires, so you need to be thinking about that already. We got to change the oil. Hey, there's another, you know, X number of dollars, and, you know, we got to do this, mm-hmm. we got to do that and so that there's a realization you know and then you know eventually becomes mm-hmm. you know you, you want a nice pair you know we'll take you to to Ross for shoes but if you want your own shoes you know <laughs> go go buy them like <laughs> right. you know so um you know but but I think those steps toward toward uh toward autonomy adult, adulthood um uh, where they're learning uh little by little what responsibility looks like and even you know making sometimes choices you're like man, I wouldn't spend money on that
1: but if you want to all right, well, there you go. 9 money's gone, you know, or whatever it might be, right? you know, so. So that's on one side of the equation. Mm-hmm. And maybe it is worth, as we kind of start to wind down here, leaning to the other side of the mm-hmm. equation, it is okay to let go of unbiblical expectations. Mm-hmm. And that's also can be a, a challenge. To have had an, in mind, by the time I'm this age, I should have had this much money in the bank, I should be driving mm-hmm. this kind of car, I should be living in this kind of a house, my life should be going in this kind of a way, uh, That that is a dream that that God may not grant you, mm. right? It is right to have an expectation to assume certain levels of adult responsibility, because that is what we are called to do, mm. but the fruit of that responsibility is up is up to God. And so you, you might find yourself later in life where you're like, wow, I don't have a lot of money in the bank. And it's not because I look back and I see I've made foolish decisions Mm -hmm. and I, I'm not driving a really fancy car and it's not because I've made really foolish decisions, you know, Mm -hmm. and uh, I'm not able to afford the house that I thought I would. And maybe I'm still renting a duplex or an apartment and I, I had hoped to have. Had fifteen acres up on the top of the hill with you know <laughs> big bay windows looking at the sunrise you know mm-hmm. get I, love that right and I'm realizing that's probably never going to happen mm-hmm. and the temptation to feel like a failure in life because mm-hmm. because I realize I'm getting older and that dream's not getting nearer and what does that mean for my identity and mm-hmm. letting go and 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 mourning that loss and just saying okay that that was a dream that God apparently has said no to mm-hmm. uh, but that does not reflect on whether or not I've been successful as an adult yeah am I making wise stewardship decisions with what God's given me? And maybe there is a guy living up on top of the hill that God gave 10 talents to. Sure. And he was faithful with those 10 talents. And now God's giving 10 cities, <laughs> you know, sure. and maybe God gave you one talent. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's actually fine. And it's no comparative estimation of how faithful you've been in the eyes of the master. Mm-hmm. Uh, be faithful with you, with your one talent, be joyful with your one talent. Cause that's, what will make the big di- biggest difference, not only in your own life, but in the life of your children. Mm-hmm. Right? I've rarely encountered in youth ministry. I'm trying to think if I've ever encountered in youth ministry, somebody who, who came up and said, I'm just so disappointed in my father or my mother because we never lived in a big house. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> you know, sure. Um, some of the, some of the living situation might come up in the context of other issues, mm-hmm. right? Like our life is in chaos and we're in this cramped house or something like that, whatever you know, that, that, there might be things piled onto an, another overarching complaint. Mm. That's usually character related, but I've, I've never seen uh, that. I can recall uh, any young person that said, I, I was disappointed in the adulting of my, of my parents of the generation that came before because they didn't achieve wealth and accomplishment in mm. uh, quite the opposite. In fact, some of those who come from some of the most humble means I've been those who are the most proud of the faithfulness of, of their parents because mm-hmm. they watch that character on display and you can't put a price tag on that. So that is, that is adulting at its finest. Mm. Yep. Yep. <laughs> thank you. All right. Then I guess I guess it's time we'll to land close. Land Should we? Yeah. Should we yeah. All right. Should
0: we, uh, should we lay the plane? Landing gear yeah. down.
1: Take us down. Caleb. All
0: right. Well, thank you for joining us on, uh, today's episode of the porch. We're glad that you could mm-hmm. join us. If you're in Senegal, let us know. Um, and uh, we'd love to get in the top 100 there. No, just kidding.
1: <laughs> <laughs> if somebody could listen for 10 seconds. If everybody could route. Could shoot up the, maybe somebody's got a VPN. Oh, VPN. Wouldn't that be that's, hilarious? Maybe that's what's
0: happening. Maybe somebody's VPNing in. Oh, now so. I'm curious. I wonder if we could all VPN through Senegal to get that number up. Anyway. Just as a thought.
1: Yeah, just as a thought. Anyway. uh And a shout out to Nate, wherever near the coast, somewhere he's, he might happen to be. Somewhere not here. Not Um, here. But uh, yeah, shout out
0: to Nate. And uh, I'm not glad you couldn't join us, but glad Mm -hmm. you're able to enjoy uh, your time wherever you're at. Yes, uh, the Great Reset. The The Great great Larmor Reset. The Great Larmor (laughs) Reset. Yeah, the book wasn't called the Great reset and it was written no. in 2017 right. so, so it was we'll pre pandemic pass we'll give him a so, pass okay um
1: it's not a nod to our right. globalist overlords
0: sure uh but uh in 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 light of the the verse i uh, read earlier but uh, just a reminder that we are we are all running a race and don't you know that that mm. all those who who run the race run <laughs> and we run for a purpose Um, The goal is to receive a prize um, And so we ought to run In such a way that we may win Um, And so run Run the race that God has set before you Um, Don't walk Run (laughs) Pace yourself so you make it to the finish line but, but, But run to win